0: Hey, I'm Steve Fallon. Thanks for listening This episode is supported by the podcast host They have everything you need to get up and running And if you use the promo code freelance You'll get 10% off Right now though Let's find out what it's like being freelance For digital marketer Ben Matthews
1: We believe in the power of the network In the freelance world It's not good to view other freelancers as competition There's enough work to go around for all of us we went through a period where we did working holidays Amsterdam, Berlin, Turkey, Spain getting Airbnbs with Wi-Fi having the weekend to explore the place we were in and then during the working week we were essentially working in the morning and that gave us afternoon and early evening to explore the city again and that meant we could keep the business going keep our clients happy but also have a bit of a mini break
0: Yes. Hello. I hope everything is going well for you in your freelance business right now. Um, We've got Ben to chat to in a moment. Let me just remind you, beingfreelance.com is where we're at online. So you can check out loads of guests on there. Sign up to the newsletter as well. Go on. So you get inspiration to your inbox every couple of weeks. Um, And also on Twitter. It's really nice on Twitter. um, Especially if you've enjoyed an episode in particular, it's really nice when people reach out, not just to me, but like to the guest as well well and letting them know that you appreciate it so at Being Freelance is where we're at on Twitter. I'm at S Folland, by the way. But yeah, at Being Freelance is uh, for this podcast. And you can also find the links to each guest's Twitter account via the website, beingfreelance.com. So Ben's will be on there in a moment. Speaking of Ben, let's talk to him. Based in London and a freelance digital marketer, that is Ben Matthews. Hey, Ben.
1: Hey, Steve. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. No so. Worries. um how about we get started hearing about how you got started being freelance? Like, how, how have you ended up, where, what you're doing, where you are today?
1: Well, my background is I started off in PR and uh, I worked in London straight out of uni. Uh worked for a few PR agencies around there. Uh got to know the ropes of how that works. And then after a few years, I was getting uh, a little bit bored. <laughs> I've been running the same accounts for the agency for quite a while um nice accounts just people like the o- o2 and the financial times um so it was really really interesting work but i felt like i was getting into a bit of a rut and been working with them for a while so i thought you know how can i keep pushing myself how can i keep learning more how can i keep kind of seeing what else is out there and basically i thought going freelance was a great way to test those waters um try and do it on myself so that was the first big scary step it wasn't easy. It took me about six months of, of planning and, and getting the courage and getting the confidence to do that because, you know, making a leap from having a full-time job and a monthly salary coming in to zero unless uh, you go out and get the work was a big step. But I actually got really lucky when I did make the step to go freelance because uh, one of the first contacts I got in touch with actually had a, a position in opening at the London 2012 Games. So I was fortunate enough to to get that as... My first client. So, wow. <laughs> I know, not bad. So, I worked on the uh, social media management side, um, which again was a big, busy team because, you know, it was huge. Social media was on the rise, Twitter was everywhere, Facebook, of course. And so, it was a really fantastic opportunity. And, and even just getting that client name and getting that logo on my portfolio really helped open more doors. Um, that was how I got started.
0: Well, so in that sort of transition period where you were still employed, What were you doing to get yourself ready to prepare yourself, as you put it?
1: Um, It was kind of reading around, listening to podcasts, of course, um, and chatting and meeting up with other freelancers who'd done it uh, a bit before me. So kind of learning how they do it, what their setup is, how they find clients, how they manage their books, um, all the kind of ins and outs of running a freelance business on a day-to-day. And just even just speaking to people who've done it before really, really helped. Um, I'd say that was the main thing I was doing. From there, it was kind of getting the accountant set up, deciding how to structure the business, whether I was a sole trader or not, that kind of thing. Uh, But mainly, it was around reading around the subject and talking to a lot of people about how they did it. And
0: here's the thing is because you did you when you went freelance trade as Ben Matthews, because I know you you have a company name now, right?
1: Yeah, well, when I first got going, it was me. Um, I I had a few clients who needed VAT registration. So it was kind of forced my hand to do that really um, and I know that's not most tax efficient for people if they're a sole trader and earning under so much uh, but now actually um, my wife has joined me as a freelancer you know she saw what I was doing she saw my lifestyle and wanted to do it as well wanted to try it at least she really loves it as well so together we've kind of set up a company um, which is VAT registered yeah so that, that's that's why we've taken that route.
0: So when did you set the, set the company
1: up? Uh, it was set up in 2013 uh, so about uh, about two years after I started freelancing, and yeah, we've been going from strength to strength since then.
0: How how did it change for you? Like, did you feel a change once you became? So, what's the name of your company? It's called Montfort. M O N T F O R T. How did you feel that being Montfort sort of changed for you? Other than the practicality of being VAT registered or whatever it might be.
1: Uh, so we. We started off by being basically our own individual freelancers, right? Working with our own individual clients one to one. So effectively, we could flex who we were to different clients who came across us. So if they wanted just a you know a freelancer to work with them directly and manage the w- the work we were doing with them, then yes, you can get Ben or you can get Jazz, my wife. When bigger clients came come along, uh, so for example, we're working with the UN at the moment we're working with Amnesty International, which are large charities, then basically we can come together as an agency, as Montfort, and present ourselves as a, as a bigger outfit than we actually appear to be. And, that, and that, that gives us the flexibility to either scale up or scale down, depending on what work we've got going on at the moment and what each individual product, uh, project entails.
0: Those are huge. It doesn't get much bigger than the UN. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. How... How how do you end up working with a client
1: like that? Uh, it's definitely all through networks. Um, through having worked in agencies, and uh, we both have worked in agencies in the past, we kind of build up a, a really strong network of of people working in the areas we do. And it's that network, especially in the digital world, where you know you can network online as well. Like how we got to meet each other, Steve was online uh, mm. essentially. So basically, it's um, that a strong network and when an opportunity comes up actually the un started out while them then wanting some youtube work they wanted some an audit of the youtube channel just to see how they were doing um or what or, you know one of their particular agencies and we took that on but then that led into more conversations about what else we could do um other opportunities we'd seen as part of that first project and it kind of leads from there so really it's about getting that foot in the door i think and it all starts with a connection and then you just have to wait for the right opportunity.
0: Do you think if you'd have come out of uni or college or whatever and gone straight away as a freelance then that you wouldn't be able to do what you do? As in working in an agency really helped?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, working in an agency really helps because you get to see how their business is set up essentially and how they how they deal with clients and how they um, market themselves. I think if you go straight from university into working for yourself, it'd be very difficult. I think you're you're too green. You don't you don't know enough about how business works to actually uh, do it. I mean, you, you could start off. I mean, you've got nothing to lose when you graduate uh, or, or early on in your career. I just think it would take a a few lessons learned and a few mistakes made to actually make up that ground of of um of what you do get having worked somewhere before.
0: What kind of lessons do you feel like you picked up from the agency then like client relationships it sounds like that was
1: definitely the biggest one uh, how to manage an account how to work with clients how to balance multiple projects at the same time uh, communication skills really important so how to write regular updates how to do emails how to do reports you know when to call a client rather than email what to do if something goes wrong uh, it's all those kind of things that you pick up all the skills you pick up in 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 the safety net of a, a job because <laughs> you know if you make a mistake you know you're not going to probably not going to get sacked um but then you learn on it whereas if you made a make in a fr- made a mistake in a freelancer world then you might well lose that client and that's a big hit so I would say yeah you, you do pick up all of those skills and then when you do come to freelance after that you you you're kind of I think a few steps ahead and actually we see that working with some other freelancers as well so we do bring in some other freelancers to work on our projects when we need some extra capacity and they say, they, you know, they, they've taken a look at our documents and the way we work with clients, you know, they're learning a lot as well from us. So, you know, I think we do have a lot of, an advantage there. How
0: do you bring on other freelancers? Is that again for your network or?
1: Yeah, again, we've got uh, a good, good network of other freelancers. I think, you know, I write a lot about freelancing on my blog and we're known in digital marketing circles in London. So actually we've got a good network to call on there. Um, And people do call on us for recommendations as well the other way. So I think, um, you know, we believe that in the freelance world, it's not good to view other freelancers as competition, because there's enough work to go around for all of us. And it's more about helping each other to uh, whatever they need, find new clients, find other freelancers to work with. And then you know, that, that pays itself back when they come to you and say, oh, actually, I've got this bit of project work that I can't do. I thought I'd pass it on to you to, help, to say thank you for that favor you did for me earlier. So, yeah, we believe in the, the, you know, the power of the network really helps.
0: Nice. And, and when you have those extra team members, like do they have like a month for email or?
1: Yeah, I mean, with modern tools like Gmail and Google Apps for Business, it's pretty easy to set someone up with a month for email. Um we just find that gives a an extra level of professionalism, uh, rather than them having their own Gmail or hotmail address or whatever. Um and then because of that as well, they get access to all of our Google Docs so we can work together on on documents. Um we actually find them setting up that way and being part of the team gives them more, more buy-in to the work they're doing with us. Um, you know, because they're they're under our name, they're under our reputation. So uh, they need to deliver for us as well. How do you manage the like
0: the finance side of that like the because obviously you've you're you've got this person to pay but you have you've bought in for extra work you've got yourselves to pay
1: yeah (laughs) i don't know you might be on a 30-day payment term like did you find that a struggle um yeah when i first went freelance you know it was a big learning curve um it was very hard to get your head around all the ins and outs of doing it what we found is that we use Crunch, which is a mixture of online accounting where you, you, know, you do all your invoicing and your payments through an online platform. But then they have a, an accountant on the end of a phone for you. So if you have any questions about VAT or your tax returns or your self-assessment, then they've got an accountant on the end of a phone to, to speak to. So you kind of get that mix of both. Um, so I imagine it probably costs maybe slightly more than your local accountant and doing it yourself. But actually, we find that um, having that headache of doing finances and the bookkeeping, taking that off your hands and letting us concentrate on running the business is a godsend for us. And it's a big weight off our mind. And we're happy to pay a little bit extra to have that peace of mind, really.
0: Mm. Now, you would you say you work in a niche
1: uh we should do <laughs> I know they talk about niching as a way to establish yourself and, and uh get known for doing a certain thing. So we generally work in I guess you'd call it tech for good. So it's technology companies or companies that aren't tech focused, but we do the tech side of it for them or the digital side of it. Uh and it's for charities or social good or some kind of kind of um some kind of good to side to the company's work. Um that's what we say we do, and we you know, we do a lot of that. I'd say that's 80% of our work. But then when a project comes along like slightly outside of that, like a normal company or a startup or something like that, then uh, it is tempting to say yes and take them on as well. So <laughs> it should be our niches, tech for good, but um, occasionally we do stray if the right project comes along.
0: But that's okay. I mean, that's still bringing in the work, but I guess because I, that's certainly the impression I got was the tech for good thing um Mm. from you guys and so that means that's effectively what you're showing in your portfolio so to speak yeah
1: i think we highlight that more definitely yeah and so that means that is
0: gonna be what you get more of you know what you want yeah Yeah. i'd
1: say so um well the the other thing that happens is because i've been blogging about freelancing for quite a while um i've got some landing pages on my personal site as well which are you know freelance Uh, digital marketing consultant freelance social media freelance pr that kind of thing that people google around and uh, my name comes up quite a lot and people actually get in touch with me that way as well and that's generally a lot of more random projects that come through so yeah you can see how that works how that split is between my personal site where i get random projects and between montfort where we get much more tech for good projects ah
0: yeah interesting so you've really kind of thought about the seo of your personal site when you first set out
1: yeah exactly well um that was uh, kind of writing a lot about freelancing um because a lot of people ask me questions about how i did it and so i just started writing about it and saying instead of writing a whole email back to them to multiple people i just wrote blog posts and said and said here's that blog post about setting up your accounting or here's that blog post about finding clients and i find that worked um as well for my seo so it was good And how about when it
0: comes to getting clients for Montfort then, like, like, do you go, I mean, you've mentioned a network, obviously, but do you go out of your way in marketing yourself in other ways beyond that?
1: Yeah, we, um, we're we're starting to, um, having taken on a few freelancers to help us, we've got them writing content for our site. So we're doing a lot more content marketing. And we get a lot of good feedback from our clients who read them and say, you know, they actually do pick up tips and ideas and strategy and advice from our content that we're writing about. Uh, And from there, that gets shared with their network. And hopefully that will lead to more contacts. I still think, you know, 80 to 90 percent of our work comes through referrals. Um, It either comes through existing clients or people in our network. Um, But I think in order to build a sustainable business, we do need to build other marketing pipelines uh, or other kind of new business areas so content marketing is one we're starting with um, and then yeah, we'll see how it goes from there really we don't really do the whole uh, events we don't speak at events really we don't, we don't go into networking events we don't really do that anymore um, which I would say is probably because we feel that our network is strong enough and we're getting enough referrals in that we don't need to go and do more networking and things like that and ultimately, it comes down to doing good work, I think, because no one's going to recommend you if you don't do good work. And then if you do do good work, then people will refer you on to new clients. Mm. So when it
0: comes to referrals, is that by chance or do you like have a more structured approach to getting them?
1: Uh, again, at the moment, it's uh, when they want to, it's a chance thing. We, again, we should build in more formal process to get that those referrals it wouldn't take that much either. It's one of those things where, you know, we'd probably advise it to our clients, you know, bring in a referral system to grow your <laughs> business, but then you don't do it for your own. Uh, so it's something we, we really should be doing. Um, I think the reason we don't at the moment is because we've got a lot of work on already and a lot of nice work that we like doing. Um, if we suddenly had an influx of more business, then um, it would stretch us and maybe uh, be difficult to deliver on and keep the same quality. So I think we... We're happy with just having that at the moment, having those chance recommendations mm. and referrals.
0: Yeah, I like that. You're almost, well, not hesitant to grow, but knowing that you want to do it the right way.
1: Yeah, and I actually met up with another freelancer and uh, we both got talking about how we're growing and it was more about slow growth. It was where we both agreed on, which is don't, don't do not do the whole startup thing, which is grow as big as you can, as quickly as you can. It's much more around setting up the best practices and setting up the stability in our freelance business so that when new clients come along or workloads do increase, you're not stretched. There's no holes missing you know, or big gaps remaining. You can actually cope with it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the other is there is not, you're not pressured by bringing in new business or keeping projects coming in. Um, you, know, you don't have to keep, keep growing and keep finding new business. You can actually do good work when um, you know we're happy with the amount we get paid by our clients at the moment, and we can pick and choose the clients we work on because of that. So if a client comes out and says, you know, we'd love to work with you, we can look at them and say, actually, no, you don't quite fit with what we're looking to do right now, and we're not worried about losing that potential bit of income. So I think slow growth gives us a kind of confidence, really, in, in what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Tell you what, let me just take a quick break so that I can remind you that this episode is supported by the podcast host, you know the drill by now. The reason I teamed up with them is because I know that they could help you grow a podcast, which is a really nice way of helping get your potential clients know in know what your head is like, you know, get inside your mind. It's a great way to help grow your network a bit like I'm doing here as well by by talking to people, perhaps within your industry. Um But there again, the podcast doesn't have to be about your business. It could just be a passion as well. It could just be a thing you do on the side. That's that's good fun as well. So whatever it might be that you're thinking about doing, and a few people have asked me about this and I, I, I chat to them about it but ultimately the podcast host have loads of great resources and ideas and training and technical support to help you get a podcast started but also grow the one you have so do take a look at them the podcast host there is a link at beingfreelance.com and thanks to them as ever for um yeah supporting this show back to you though Ben so are you based from home
1: yeah so we're, we're based from home um and then we have remote uh, freelancers working remotely for us um so every and our clients know that as well they know we don't have offices and you know we, we translate that to them by saying we don't have to pay overheads or on a shiny new office or a co-working space and that you know we deliver those that value back to them so yeah we work from home
0: do you manage to like compartmentalize your your work and your life um i don't do you have kids or
1: no, we don't have kids, um but yeah, we do try our very best to compartmentalize so basically yeah we've got um a separate room, which is our dining room essentially that we work in um then you know that keeps it separate from our living room and our other living areas in the in the house um The other thing we try and do is turn off work email at a certain time uh, It's about 8 o'clock at the moment. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, if you're in front of the telly or in the pub or something, you can uh, fire off a few quick emails. I mean, that's the other thing about our work is that we're not expected to be on call all the time, but um, it can be helpful to be on email and just respond to things that way. Um, But, yeah, overall, we try and take a weekend off. Um, We try and not look at work email at least one day a week. Uh, It's all those kind of things to try and create barriers and try and compartmentalize it.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially when you're both working in the business. I guess that's a nice thing. At least, you know, you both get it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we're both in it together and we both have um, really appreciate the lifestyle that we have from running our own business. Um, it's, you know, the flexibility, the working from home, but we're both good at helping each other as well. So if, you know, someone's working quite late, then now someone else will do the dinner or, you know, try and encourage each other to turn off a bit not worry about things so much so it actually helps um and because we do work on some separate projects it's not like we're we're working on the same thing all the time and working and living together as well um Mm. so we do separate our professional lives a bit as well how about when it comes to taking holidays uh yeah holidays we went for a period where we did working holidays where we got an Airbnb in Europe somewhere. So we went to Amsterdam, Berlin, Turkey, Spain. Um, where else did we go? We actually went to India as well. And basically, we did it by getting Airbnbs with Wi-Fi, flying out on, a, say, a Friday, having the weekend to explore the place we were in. Uh, and then during the working week, we were essentially working in the morning. So we worked kind of early till about lunchtime. And that gave us kind of afternoon and early evening or evening to explore the city again and that meant we could keep the business going keep our clients happy but also have a bit of a mini break so it wasn't a hundred percent holiday i would say it was like 50 50 but it still gave, gave us a bit of time off and a bit of time to explore um the one big holiday we did take is we went to cuba uh, about a year ago Uh, That was great because Cuba doesn't actually have any internet. So uh, it does have internet, but it's unworkable in in terms of digital stuff. So it was a kind of enforced holiday, uh, which I think maybe why we chose it as a destination. Um, And that worked fine. You know, we gave clients a massive heads up that we're going to be unavailable that week. We prepared for it in the months up to it by just getting all work in place and and arranging cover. Uh, So while we were away, we knew everything was ticking over. And when we came back, um, yeah, it was busy. But, you know, we survived and we had a great holiday and some proper time off.
0: That's awesome. Um, so when um, I keep now now I'm just dreaming about which city
1: I could go to next. <laughs> this is a trouble. Yeah, no, you can. You, you should try it. It's great.
0: So what i'm then thinking is like do you ever m- meet your
1: clients obviously very remote but is it all no yeah, no it's not all it's it's a mix so um some clients so we work with some you know modern tech companies they um they're happy with remote because a lot of them are set out to wear it remotely as well but face-to-face is important so we probably meet up maybe once a month um for a face-to-face meeting in a coffee shop or somewhere um some, some of my clients have offices, and again, we go in for a monthly meeting. That's just to catch up, see how it's all going. Uh, other clients like uh, the UN, for example, they're in Copenhagen and Geneva, so we fly out there occasionally to meet with them. Um, but yeah, I think, I think working with freelancers, most modern clients are happy to work remotely with you and catch up on Skype, catch up on email, or have the occasional in-person meeting if you need to, some face-to-face time.
0: Yeah, it's intricate. Uh, I mean, I s- most of my stuff is done remotely. And yeah. uh, or or like I try and do a Skype call where we can actually see each other face to face. But then this week, I had a meeting face to face, you know, like three hours working through scripts with a with a company. And the, like the what we, I don't know, that connection that we actually made being in the same room, even though I'd spoken to them quite a lot before that, really made the difference.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think face to face is still so important. Um, and every, every pitch that we win or every proposal that we put in is always preceded by a face to face meeting. And I think that helps still the deal. Uh, but when you've got a good working relationship going together, I think then you can move on to more, to more, uh, more remote working quite easily.
0: You mentioned a, a pitch.
1: Yeah, I should have clarified that. We don't actually pitch that often. Uh, it's normally through our network and a referral. It's normally not a pitch process. It's normally just us speaking to them about what we can do. And if they like it, then we go for it. Uh, we find that the pitch process is quite time consuming. You know, if there are three or four other people going for the same bit of work, you, you know, you're, you're not getting paid to put in that time into that proposal. And if you don't win it, you've lost all that time so we find it's quite an annoying process or well, not an annoying process and see why clients do it, but it's not very productive for us for our freelancers. Um, so normally we just try and uh, get those referrals where it's just us speaking directly to the client and we're the only people kind of working with them to, to plan something out.
0: What would you say have been the biggest challenges of being freelance?
1: Um, I get unnecessarily stressed about how it's all going <laughs> Um <laughs> On a Sunday night when I've got a week of work ahead of me, I look at my to-do list for the week ahead and I panic. Uh, And it's always fine. I always get through it. And my clients are all really happy. You know, we've got plenty of work coming in. We get paid well. We get to work from home. It's all flexible. Yet still, every Sunday, I still panic about, (laughs) is it going okay? Are we going to lose all our clients? Is our world going to end? And it's not. I mean, I think this is the biggest thing to take away from when we just started out going freelancing is that if it doesn't work out, then there's going to be a job waiting for us somewhere else in a normal company. Um, You know, so we love freelancing. We'll keep doing it as long as we can. And then if it doesn't work out, we need to go and get a job somewhere else. Then we'll do that instead.
0: Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie. Uh, Let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me?
1: Okay, I I came runner-up in the Freelancer of the Year at the Ipse Awards last year, that's number one. Uh, Number two is I've been on Japanese TV once (laughs) and um, I was the youngest ever person featured in PR Week as part of their interview series uh, when I was a young lad, Um, so that's my three. Which one's a (laughs) lie?
0: Why were you on Japanese TV?
1: Uh, I was there as part of a government visit to see what, what they do in, in one of their southern cities.
0: Oh, man, I thought you were going to be on like, one of those crazy game shows or something
1: no, like that. no, no. <sighs> I wish I was.
0: So you were on Japanese TV, you were, you, were, you were practically a pin-up of PR Weekly or something.
1: It was a pin-up, yeah, it was a centre-fold, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PR oh, Torso of the Week. Um,
0: you run runner-up at the Freelance of the Year Awards. Uh, okay, you, you've not been on Japanese TV.
1: Ah, uh, okay, so that is the lie. But I have been on Japanese TV, but I've actually been on Japanese TV twice. <laughs> uh, so you, you got it right i guess kind of um but yeah so what a go.
0: rubbish lie
1: because you have been on japanese tv yeah but twice i said uh, i've only been on japanese tv once in they life. never mind <laughs> okay let's not no, pick fair. holes at it it's a yeah, funny on story. on a technicality so why so what, what
0: what were both were they both for work type no things? the other
1: one was when uh i was on holiday uh we were on holiday and basically we were in a noodle bar in um tokyo and this tv crew comes in they start filming and they come over to us and go oh can we film you eating noodles and i was like okay (laughs) and apparently it was a foreign news piece about how westerners love eating noodles (laughs) um so yeah they were filming all the western westerners in that noodle bar and yeah they were they just filmed me eating. Uh I mean I'm not amazing at eating noodles with chopsticks either so that was fun that was interesting. I had to try and <laughs> yeah. pretend to be really good at it. Um and then uh and then yeah I said oh here's my email address can you send me it when when you're done. And yeah like 6 months later I got a, an email to a YouTube clip of me eating noodles on this Japanese TV show. So so it is there. It's there. It's there somewhere. I've got it in my email inbox somewhere. So what does the future hold for you? Um, I guess the future for us is planning the future of our freelancing. And, you know, I'm really interested in exploring what's the end goal with freelancing? Where are you in 5, 10, 15 years time? You know, at the end of your career, what what are you there? You know, are we still freelancing? Are we still doing the same as we're doing now, which is doing the work day to day and getting new clients in and, and taking on projects? Or have we hired people underneath us to do the work, and you know we're just running around with our feet up occasionally? <laughs> uh, or are we building a product that we can, you know, sell repeatedly and scale? Uh, so I think it's more, more figuring out what you do next, um, what you do to, to have something, an end goal in mind. Um, that's what I'm interested in at the moment.
0: If you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be?
1: uh I, I tell myself not to worry so much and i tell myself that now uh tell myself that last week on sunday i guess i was younger then not too much younger but yeah not to worry about it so much you know it's going to work out in the end as long as you work hard and are nice to people um and, and do the work you say you're going to do on time then you know no one can fault you for that and uh, there's no need to worry
0: yeah, nice. Um, ben, thank you so much. Uh, you can check out beingfreelance.com. As ever, there's links uh, to Ben's uh, – well, we will put links to Ben's personal site, so you can check out the freelance blogging, for example, that he mentioned, oh. but also to Montfort uh, and on Twitter and stuff. So as, as always, for all of our guests, the key takeaway points and the links and everything will be at beingfreelance.com for this episode. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and uh, check out all the previous guests. Remember, whatever they do, there's still heaps of value in it, even if it's not – your specific job um, but yes Ben thanks so much and all the best being freelance you're welcome thanks Steve and to you as well don't forget you can now get the live episode go check it out beingfreelance.com it's only on the website live at New Media Europe <laughs> yeah. with a beautiful room full of people many of them freelancers and not just one guest that I'm talking to this week but four guests the important thing is that it's not about Networking so much as just building goddamn genuine relationships with people mm-hmm. yes. and just really getting to know people
1: on a personal one to one level a wedding, sitting next to somebody and going, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a voiceover artist. Oh, I employ voiceover artists for ITV. Brilliant, you're
0: my new best friend.
1: <laughs> so it's been about five years and for the first three years it was the Phil Show. I did everything. My first kind of hire, my first decision to,
0: to use contractors and letting go that I can't do everything myself
1: and, and delegating and, and starting to scale. So I've scaled more probably in the last four months than I have in the last five years.
0: The live episode of Being Freelance, get that for free at beingfreelance.com. In the meantime, though, have a great week, will not you, Being Freelance?